Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. That's my grandpa. Wow, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. That's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. How you doing? Did you have a good week? Did you have a good I had a great week. I had a terrific week. Oh, I wish you could all come to my church. It is so fun. It, you know, I know that maybe not be words that you associate with church, but but it is just amazing. And uh, I'm always pumped on Sunday night because you know I had church earlier on. You know, I mean, like a church is not a place you go to. Church is like getting together and you know. Anyway, if you want to find out what that is about or whatever else is on your mind, it's open line, open topic, as it always is here on Late Night Council. It's the Ask the Pastor format. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can phone in and call about whatever you want to talk about. But I'm going to do my best, and I, I don't always succeed at this, but I strive to, uh, to the best of my ability. I am going to uh, do my best to try and give you the biblical perspective on whatever topic you bring to the program. The faith perspective, the deeper perspective, the moral perspective. The, the, you know, I used to use the term common sense, but you know, when I see the kind of people that we're electing as our leaders, and I see what's popular on TV and music and culture, I don't think that that that, that you know that common sense is common sense used to mean what everybody thought was proper. Well, what everybody thinks is proper is kind of ugh, not something I want to be associated with. So I'm coming from a perspective, hopefully, that's a little higher, a little better, a little wiser, been around longer, and, you know, has been proven. And it's true. It's true. You know, if you handle truth and if you communicate truth and there's even a hint of pride or arrogance, nobody's going to listen to you. The only way you can communicate truth, the only way you can you can hope to impact somebody with truth is you got to do it with humility, which is real difficult because I'm not a humble guy, okay? But but my saving grace is I I follow somebody who is humble. I you know, I have I I have profound admiration for humble people. I like hanging around humble people. Don't you like hanging around humble people? Aren't they awesome? I mean, nobody wants to be around an egomaniac, right? I mean, I don't know how those people keep going. I guess they pre- they're probably pretty lonely. That's why they're so egomaniacal. Because they figure, well, i got to put myself first because nobody else is putting me first. And there's, there are a lot of insecurities there. But this is not ask the psychologist or psychiatrist or analyst. This is ask the pastor. Here's your phone lines if you want to get in on this. If you want to jump on me or get on the air... Before I start talking about what I want to talk about, if you want to just look at, man, something's burning in your bosom. There's a there's a burr under your saddle. There's a there's a pee in the mattress that kept you up last night. P-E-A, P-E-A, folks. You know, from the, you know, like a Grimm's, I think it was a Grimm's fairy tale, wasn't it? About the, the lady that slept on the, you know, eight mattresses and she still was a restless night because there was a pee that, anyway, we don't need to get into that. It's not Bible. It's not as important. It's not authoritative either. But I digress, which I do often. 343 is the capital region phone number. 
Now, when I say capital region, I am broadcasting from uh, the capital of Canada. Some people call it the political correctness capital of the world. That could be true, okay? And uh, the capital region entails Gatineau as far as far west as Arnprior, as far east as, oh, I guess we could go to Hawkesbury, as far north as uh, 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 Gatineau Park, as far south as Vernon, not Vernon, B.C., okay, but those are little communities that surround the capital region here, okay? And uh, here we are, and if you want to uh, call me directly with not a one in front of it, and you know what you want to talk about, 343-700-4390, I'm inviting you right now, 343-700-4390. Now, for the rest of you that are listening all across, around the world, actually, now you can't call for free from around the world, you can email for free, JC at LateNightCouncil.com. you got to keep it under six lines. You can tweet for free as well. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is email. JWCouncil is the Twitter exchange. But if you want to call, and calls always take preference, and you're going to have more clout if you call, okay? You're going to be able to affect change and, you know, influence the populace if people can hear you. Because you can tell a lot more about somebody by, you know, their conversation than just, you know, by what they're writing, okay? So, if you're calling from Egypt, Nova Scotia, not, you know, over in the Middle East, but if you're calling from Egypt, Nova Scotia, if you're calling from Big Beaver, Pennsylvania, if you're calling from Comfort, Texas, if you're calling from Fickles Corners, New York, one 562 Does it help if there's, like, letters, you know, to the number? Because one 844 lnc is on. LNC stands for Late Night Council, okay? one 844 LNC is on. You just use that number, and we pay for the call, and you get in. You get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's have at her, okay? 343-743-90 in the capital region. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address, and you can tweet at me. I am loving this Harvey Weinstein story. Oh, I'm just eating it up. Oh, John, that doesn't sound very Christ-like. My goodness, how could you put a biblical spin on that? You're probably going to be judgmental and, you know, wave the finger and express your righteous indignation. You know, well, okay, you know, you want to call in and yell at me for that? That's, I mean, finally, finally, Hollywood is getting... It's bum kicked so hard. I hope it never recovers. I really don't. Okay. Well, John, what's your biblical perspective on that? Ephesians five eleven. Ephesians five eleven. Very simple verse. Very short. It's one of them Bible verses. When I was a little kid, you know, we used to have memory verses in Sunday school, and I was always, I'd always get stressed out when it's more than four lines. Well, this one only has one. Easy to remember. Ephesians five eleven. Okay. Remember it for future reference. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I mean, if you you can find more fruitless deeds of darkness, you know, in 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 if you draw a radius of oh, you know, you put the your compass point down right in the middle of Hollywood. Let's say the Capitol Records building. Okay, that's right in the middle of Hollywood there, and you draw a compass circle around of about ten miles. You're probably going to find. Uh, more deeds of darkness in that geographical area, at least as much as anywhere else in the world. Amsterdam would be up there. Bangkok, Thailand would be up there. But Hollywood, you know, when it comes to hypocrisy, oh, they lead the planet. They really do. And, of course, all the media outlets are covering this. 
and, and the the hypocrisy is like I've never witnessed before. I, who did Christ save his most stinging words for? Now, Prince of Peace, you know, Savior of my soul, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. My beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, said some of the nastiest things you would ever want to say. To who? Hypocrites. They were personified in the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the most popular political party of their day, okay? And there's a lot of politics involved in this whole scandal, okay? In fact, the, the, you know, the political side that the media loves and adores, oh, my goodness. They, you know, they're trying to make us believe that they're really offended by this. Oh, come on now. Hey, Jesus, Jesus went after the popular party of his day, the Pharisees, and he nailed them to the wall. He called them a bunch of whitewashed tombs, okay? He said they were of their father, the devil. He called them a brood of vipers. Yeah, that wonderful, loving Savior that we're all drawn to. Yeah, he, he he had it together, okay? And he could make those calls because he's smarter than all of us, okay? And some of us that follow him, we're quite aware that there are certain things that ticked Jesus off, and chiefly among them was hypocrisy. So when I see hypocrites exposed for the, you know, the slime that they are, I kind of applaud. I do. I know that nobody is beyond salvation. Everybody is redeemable. That's how much God loves us, and it's wonderful. It's great. Okay, but when I hear about a guy like Woody Allen, Woody Allen, a guy who is having sex with his stepdaughter, okay, and he's still celebrated. Oh, it's just a visionary. He's just so talented. When I see Hollywood roll out the red carpet and all of media, you know, put out special magazine covers to honor, you know, probably the greatest exploiter of women that the 20th century has ever known, Hugh Hefner, I'm sorry, but I can't take them seriously when they express some type of pseudo-righteous indignation over Harvey Weinstein. Let me quote you what Woody Allen said. This is awful. This is all over Twitter. It's in just about every major news uh, 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 service going. It was. I think he originally said this to the BBC. You also don't want to lead to a witch hunt atmosphere, a Salem atmosphere, where every guy in an office who winks at a woman is suddenly having to call a lawyer to defend himself. This is in the context of the whole Harvey Weinstein affair. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not surprised you'd say something like that, Woody. You know, we wouldn't want that happening. We wouldn't want, you know, men acting like men instead of, you know, horny 17-year-old high school kids. My goodness. As the sexual abuse scandal surrounding disgraced Hollywood mega-producer Harvey Weinstein intensifies, former first daughter Chelsea Clinton would not say what the Clinton Foundation would do with its donations from the major Democratic donor. Oh, Weinstein, hundreds of thousands of dollars he contributed to the Clintons, okay? Clinton on Saturday avoided talking to the Daily Mail reporter in Boston about what would happen to the Weinstein donations. Now, uh, intense media pressure on the Clinton Foundation. They're saying it's going to go to women's shelters. For all I know, it's going to go fund more abortions because that's, you know, that's another uh, uh, cause that's very, very dear to their heart as well. And I mean, you know that every media pundit is weighing in on this whole story. It's been, the, it's been uh, uh, front and center all week. But there are some there are some good commentators that are saying some pretty powerful things too. The author I quote probably more than anybody on this broadcast is a guy by the name of Michael Brown. And you know, pardon me for a second.
Oh, the gross noises that are avoided with the off switch on the on the on the microphone works so well. Okay, uh, Michael Brown. I've quoted him often. I have uh, retweeted and and it, uh, put his links out. You know, and and you can easily find this article. I don't have time to to, to read the whole thing, but he's got some good, uh, uh, you know, uh, very very wise things to say about the whole Weinstein affair. And I'm having a sneezing attack right now. Doesn't happen very often, but it's happened there. And I'm not sharing it with you. You know, if you put a, if you put a, 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 um, a you know, some foil or, or some saran wrap over your radio or your computer or your uh, uh, phone while I'm talking, you should be fine. You won't catch what I've got. I don't think I've got anything. I just, you know, maybe too much pepper on the toasted uh, tomato sandwich earlier in the day. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Michael Brown here. And the title of his article, well, this came out uh, yesterday, okay? And uh, it says, Hollywood sells sex and enables predators. I agree with that. Oh, I totally agree with that. And that ugly fact needs to be exposed, okay? I mean, I can't believe anybody would disagree with that. It's the title of the article, Hollywood sells sex and enables predators. I'll give you a little bit of it here. Hollywood is an industry that has made billions of dollars selling sex. An industry that encourages all kinds of exploitation, sex exploitation, and they celebrate its greatest exploiters. Major players in Hollywood have known about these kinds of things for years. Yet most look the other way. Why? It's part of the business. And you don't dare challenge or expose the giants. It will destroy your career if you do. And all these women that are supposedly coming forward, oh, I've known about this here. Yeah, he did this to me. Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow, Winona Ryder. I mean, it's the list is longer than my arm, okay? But where were all these bozos years ago, you know? If they knew this was going on, why were they so silent? Because their careers are way more important than protecting, you know, uh, uh, innocent people that are being abused. And uh, allegedly, it seems as though, raped as well. I mean, it's Corey Feldman. You remember that? Remember when that was on the news? I remember talking about that on previous radio shows. Corey Feldman, if you're not familiar with him, this guy was a very, very popular child actor. If you saw a picture of him on TV, you know, oh, it's that guy. I mean, everybody knew who Corey Feldman was. Corey Feldman, who became famous as a child actor, has been shouting out for years now that pedophilia is Hollywood's biggest problem, okay? And he's been he's been screaming about this. Now, this guy has been blacklisted in Hollywood like you wouldn't believe. Nobody wants to touch him. You know why? Because he's got some virtue in his life. Because he understands, you know, what the difference between right and wrong is. And, oh, Hollywood can't have any of that. It's not good for business. A, 26, a 2016 article in the Daily Mail starts with these bulleted points. Former child star Kari Feldman said that he was molested repeatedly by men who would pass him and other minors around, okay? I mean, this story was so heinous that I didn't even go into the gory details when I covered it years ago on previous radio shows. It was just plain gross. It was horrible. And yet this passes for normal in Hollywood and has for decades, okay? When asked why he wouldn't name names, this Corey Feldman, he said, unfortunately, California, conveniently enough, has a statute of limitations that prevents that from happening. Because if I were to go and mention anybody's name, I would be the one that would be in legal problems, and I'm the one that would be sued. We should be taking... We should be talking to the district attorneys and the lawmakers of California, especially because this is where the entertainment industry is, and this is a place where adults have more direct and inappropriate connection with children than probably anywhere else in the world. 
well, he hasn't heard of Bangkok, Thailand. But you want to know something? We could give Bangkok, Thailand a bit of a pass because that's a third world country. Hollywood, Hollywood influences more people worldwide than any other city on the planet. Take the 10 most populous cities. There aren't 10 cities in the world that influence the world more than Hollywood does. And that's why, rightly, they need to be raked over the coals for stuff like this. That's my opinion. Of course I want to hear yours. 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region line. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the Long Distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Michael Brown continues on this. And I've got a number of things I want to share in this. Because this I'm not going to let sleeping dogs lie here. Okay, This needs to be shouted from the rooftops. Finally, finally... The dead populace that reacts to nothing in North America might be waking up and noticing, hey, you know what? It's not just entertainment. There's a lot of evil coming out of there. Maybe we might actually see some discernment happening here across our continent. Back to Michael Brown. Hollywood knows quite well that sex sells. And these representative quotes make it clear. Then he, he, he quotes some, you know, very... Uh, 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 relevant and very uh, uh, influential voices from the whole Hollywood uh, uh, production play, uh, production uh, uh, um, world. Genevieve Turner, co-screenwriter and actress from American Psycho. People want to see R-rated movies, adults and children alike. And an easy way to get an R rating is to have sex scenes or nudity. We'd be fooling ourselves if we didn't think teenagers wanted to see sex. And in creating the taboo, we create a frenzy around it. These are the same people that are denouncing Harvey Weinstein. I mean, give me a break. Papsidera. I don't know who she is or he is. Look at what just happened with Jessica Biel. She was in Uli's Gold, and she was fabulous. But, you know, very few people saw that film. And Seventh Heaven, her TV show, is so sweet and syrupy, she really passed under the radar for a lot of years. So she did the cover of Gear magazine, semi-naked. It was an attention-getting moment, and it catapulted her career. See where their values are? Of course you know where they are. You're in denial, though, you know? We kind of flush this stuff out. We pay big bucks for the latest movies and all the tunes, and our face is glued to the television 24 hours a day, and nothing that, nothing seems to you know get through to us. Glenn Rigberg, the manager of Rigberg, Roberts, and Rugolo. What's so interesting is when you wander around the agencies and sets in Hollywood right now, there's this special magazine insert called Maxim 100. Now, you've heard of Maxim magazine, okay, but... This insert called Maxim 100, which is pictures of scantily clad models and actresses. And I swear to God, it's being used in Hollywood to help cast movies. Is anyone surprised to read this? But once again, it's easy to point fingers at others. Perhaps the bigger question to ask is this. How many of us who shake our heads in disgust at Harvey Weinstein actually enjoy the sexploitation of the movie industry? Hollywood, to its lasting shame, is definitely selling sex and abusing people in the process. The question is, are we buying it? Of course we're buying it. I mean, we are buying it. We are buying it. We can't get enough of this stuff. And the, the hypocrisy, I'm sorry, is rake. At least that's my opinion. I want to hear from you. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. one 562-4766. That's 1844. 562-4766. JC at Late Night Council. 
Airworthy.com is the email address. It's got to be under six lines, and it's got to be Airworthy. I don't even look at it, okay? JC at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil. I'm going to break for a short message, and then i got a tune for you by a real intellectual that even Hollywood thought was wonderful. But if you peel away all the nonsense... Boy, did he ever have Hollywood sized up. Did he ever have the entertainment industry sized up. When he wrote a tune called, I Am the Slime. You're going to hear Frank Zappa singing about the slime that oozes out of your TV set. This is Late Night Council. We'll be back. Stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600.
Okay, I got a bit of a project for you, okay? If you know of any other pastor, if you know of any other pastor that um, uses Frank Zappa tunes, you know, to drive home a point on uh, the air that podcasts or preaches in a message, please, I want to know. Because I, 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 I think I may be the only pastor in, in the world that uses uh, lyrics from Frank Zappa to drive home a point. Now, I, I certainly don't agree with everything Frank Zappa ever said or did, but that guy was one smart dude. And did he ever have the entertainment industry sized up when he wrote that tune, I'm the Slime? I may be vile and pernicious, but you can't look away. Have you guessed me yet? I'm the slime oozing out of your TV set. And I think we're getting a window into that, a very intelligent window into that, over this story that has broke over Harvey Weinstein. I would, I mean, the best thing that can happen is that Hollywood, and I don't think it's going to, you know, I don't have faith in humanity. My faith is in Jesus Christ, okay? I know what my humanity is. I know how bad a sinner I am. That's why I follow Christ. He's my only hope. I, it, it'd be, it's almost beyond my imagination that Hollywood would actually develop a conscience through something like this. The only way they're going to develop a conscience is if everybody's demanding it and they could see money in it. The best article I read on this whole story, and I tweeted it out there. I only tweeted out, I tweeted out a couple articles, uh, you know, as I usually do before I go on air. And, uh, and they're on the Late Night Council Facebook page as well. You can read the entire uh, articles, and I encourage you to do so because I don't have time to quote all of them, although they're good enough that I could do it, okay? The best article I found on this whole thing is by a guy. I've never even heard of this guy before, but he's an African-American, okay? And his name is Ryan Bomberger, and he's the co-founder of the Radiance Foundation. He's an Emmy Award-winning creative professional, passionate factivist, Never heard that term before, but I kind of like it. Passion factivist and author of Not Equal, Civil Rights Gone Wrong. He is an adoptee, okay? In other words, he was adopted. And he's an adoptive father, so he's adopted kids himself, who addresses a myriad of social issues in the context of God-given purpose. At least that's how Christian uh, Post reporter... Um, describes this guy, but boy, I don't know anybody. In fact, I tweeted out, before you take seriously any article that's written about Harvey Weinstein, you got to read Ryan Bomberger's, and I'm going to give you a bit of it here, okay? This is too good not to share, and I'm, I'm going to quote at length of it because it's, he, this guy says it better than I could or anybody else could because he's right there in Hollywood, and he's he works in the industry. But he's one of those rare voices in Hollywood. And as soon as this, I tell you right now, Ryan Bomberger is going to be blacklisted because of this. There's nobody in Hollywood that's going to touch this guy now. Just like they won't touch Corey Feldman. Because he's been trying to blow the lid off of the pedophile rings that have been going on in California, you know, since he was a kid. Hollywood, the land of make-believe and Botox injections, loves to inject its moral authority into every social issue. But like everything... But like everything, I think I just got rid of some uh, noise there in the background, so I'm quite proud of myself, okay? But like everything, Tinseltown produces, it's all uh, (laughs) duplicitous. They do give rousing performances, especially at their self-awarding ceremonies where they applaud their courage for groupthink. They love to lecture America on on, on a host of their choice inequalities, 
income, racism, elitism, LGBTism, and feminism. From a demographic where many spend millions changing their biologically given face to a surgically altered one, is it any wonder they're two-faced about all of these issues? This is so good. Film titan Harvey Weinstein, mega Democrat donor, is just the latest in Hollywood's hypocrisy. Trump is evil, but Weinstein is, well, he's just being Harvey. I don't defend any of the sexist things of Trump's past or present. I will never make excuses. But Hollywood's faux outrage about sexism is exposed like J-Lo in a red carpet dress. Where have all those celebrity nasty women? Watch Ashley Judd's painful definition here. That's a link in the article. Where have all the, those celebrity nasty women been these several decades? Oh, wait. Hollywood is the land of tolerance. So they were just following their creed, right? Be tolerant of everyone, especially media moguls who can make you a star. Where's the women's march against sleazy Hollywood execs? Sure, it's great that famous actresses are coming out now to denounce Weinstein's vile behavior. Why does it take a 13-year delayed New York Times expose for them to be bold? Courage is speaking out when there's no crowd with you. Courage is denouncing evil no matter the cost of your reputation or your career. Courage is stopping those like Weinstein immediately so there's no decades-long trail of harm. Did no one think that Weinstein's reprobate behavior was a problem when Harvey and Bob Weinstein released the NC-17 child porn flick, Kids? Hollywood has a sexual appetite that never seems to be satiated. Speaking of sexual appetite, I wonder if Planned Parenthood will return Harvey Weinstein's $100,000 donation given back in May. The Harvey Weinsteins of the world love supporting women's rights while stripping women of their dignity and and ensuring the continued existence and violence of Planned Parenthood. The nation's leading abortion chain has, has, since Roe, been the enablers of sexual predators and the daily perpetrators of violence against women and their unborn children. Former President Bill Clinton, a Hollywood fave and faux feminist hero, never had a march dedicated to denouncing his sexist sexist predatory behavior. In fact, Planned Parenthood CEO Cecile Richards dismissed the notion that Hillary Clinton's defense of her husband's inexcusable adulterous behavior was an issue wasn't was an issue at all in the late in the late, wasn't an issue at all in the latest presidential election. After being told that Bill Clinton's victims claimed that he had either exposed himself to them, raped them, or groped them, pro-abortion Joy Behar provided a candid and honest faux feminist response. She said, he is a dog, let's face it, but I will still vote for Bill Clinton because he votes in my favor. Whoopi Goldberg, also a host on The View, infamously declared the drugging and subsequent rape of a 13-year-old girl by famed Hollywood director Roman Polanski wasn't actually rape. In fact, she said, I know it wasn't rape-rape, you know, because rape needs a qualifier. Earlier this year, Whoopi went on a rampage defending Planned Parenthood. If I'm a low-income person that has been raped, you don't have the right to tell me if I should have an abortion. Well, Whoopi, that depends on whether it's rape-rape or not, right? As someone conceived in rape, as Ryan Baumberger was, as someone conceived in rape, it's so predictable that pro-abortion folks go to is killing the innocent baby, but never seem to talk about punishing the rapist. 
What about offering life-affirming counseling and healing for the women instead of victimizing her again with the violence of abortion? To activists like Whoopi, billion, to Whoopi, billion-dollar Planned Parenthood is the victim. It's easy to confuse things in the land of make-believe. How we defend human dignity, especially those who are in vulnerable situations, shows our true humanity. I'm tired of being preached at by the elitist congregation of the Church of Perpetual Contradictions. Sorry, Hollywood. Clean up your own mansions before you pump your faux indignation into our houses. He got check got this Ryan Bomberger. I have retweeted, I've, I've tweeted out, and it's on the Late Night Council Facebook page, the full text of that article. Before you take anything seriously that's been read, written about Harvey Weinstein, you have got to read the rest of Ryan Bomberger's article there. It is fantastic. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. is the number to call. Have you been talking about this at work? Have you been talking about it at school? You know, anybody that anybody that wants to, you know, stick their nose up and say, oh, that's just horrible, they love Weinstein's movies. They love his philosophy. They eat it up like, you know, cotton candy at a local fair. I mean, the hypocrisy of our culture when it comes to sexploitation. Harvey Weinstein's no different than Hugh Hefner. And yet these bums, these lowlifes, they're celebrated. I mean, Weinstein's probably a billionaire. And I hope to God, I hope to God, I mean, my prayer through all this is, God, please, please shine some light on this and show our culture how dark we really are and how badly we need a moral, spiritual revolution in this, in this continent. Before it's too late, if you follow the biblical pattern, Okay, you follow the biblical pattern. If you use Israel as an example in the Old Testament, because they were set apart by God. They were God's chosen people. And if you look at the foundings of our two countries here in in Canada and in the United States, our origins were solidly, solidly biblical. There are scriptures engraved all over Parliament Hill here in Ottawa. Let his dominion be from sea to shining sea, from the Psalms. That's engraved in the Peace Tower, okay? Even though there's all sorts of elected officials that want to just take that stuff out and they want to label the Bible as hate literature. Okay? So there was great purpose for our countries. And as we strayed further and further away, you know how God dealt with Israel? In fact, it's happened with, you know, just about every culture since then. A secularist will call it history. Okay? But if you don't, I mean, if you don't revise history and you could see God working in history... Any country that claims to be righteous, any country, because remember, Christ does not like hypocrisy. Ooh, that's not good. Okay? Any country that claims to be holy, any country that claims to be righteous, you better be living up to it. Because if you're not, God uses, and the terminology he uses in the Old Testament, he uses a country far more wicked than us to come in and pronounce judgment. And I can't see our culture avoiding that. In the next, it could be as early as 5, 10, 15 years. It's already happening in Europe. Europe is losing their culture to Islam right now. I mean, there's entire cities and urban centers where there's whole neighborhoods where you know you can't even go in there. They're under Sharia law. And I wonder, I wonder, I can't see us avoiding that the way our culture is going right now. 
the decadence level is through the roof. You think God, you think God uh, ignores that? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. You think I'm wrong? Give me a call. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. 1-844-562-4766. And of course, you know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of giving you relevant tunes tonight. And I'm, kinda, I'm trying to weave in, you know, tunes that got a bit of a message to them. Kind of give me a break to catch my breath and everything. And uh, the next one's going to be self-explanatory. You're going to hear from, uh, you're going to hear from our sponsors, okay, a bit. And then I got another tune for you that that, 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 that talks about the things that are bad. You know, sometimes bad is just just plain bad. Okay, you'll figure it out. You'll know what I'm talking about. Grab a phone line while it's available, okay? And we're right back after. Uh, uh, a quick message and a very relevant tune. This is Late Night Council. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. Stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600.
Yeah, but it's coming out of Hollywood. Uh, you know, chances are it's bad. You ever heard that term? And it's a spin on on uh, when they were dissing Christ. You know, people said you know that he was from Nazareth, and the and the caption was, "And the can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" And somebody wisely twisted that around oh it would have been decades ago and it's made the rounds i'm surprised it's not you know being seen more frequently on twitter now and and you know social media can any good thing come out of hollywood that's that's a good question that's a very good question and if you got any others like that give me a call 343-743-90 yeah i will rant and rave i will let you know my opinions i will give you news sources that mainstream media uh you know will not will not relay because they're afraid of the implications and it doesn't fit their political agenda or their spiritual agenda, okay? Uh, but I thrive on calls. I'd much rather have calls. But, you know, if you want to sit back and listen, that's fine. I'm prepared to go the full two hours, and I often do. I'll go the full two hours, and uh, we'll be yakking uh, to you about things. But uh, if you want to call in or you want to take me to task, or if you want to call and say, John, you are so right. This is the best thing I've ever heard online or radio anywhere, man. How come you don't have a bigger audience? If you want to go down that road, that's fine, Okay. Or if you just want to call in and yell at me, that's fine too. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. Long distance, all across North America. Free call, 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. You can email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. It's got to be under six lines and it's got to be airworthy, okay? If your emails are not getting read and they're under six lines, chances are they're not airworthy. Yeah, I mean, you got to have something to say. Don't just, you know, hi, John, I sent you an email. It's under six. I've actually had emails where people send me those. And then they say, hi, John, it's under six lines. Are you read my email? No. If you don't have anything worthy to say, it's not getting on the air, okay? But I'm sure you, that you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be tuning in and listening to me right now anywhere. So anyway, so uh, send me, drop me an email, jc at latenightcouncil.com, or you can tweet at me. At JW Council. Now, I retweeted this. First time in my life I've ever retweeted Larry Flint. Okay? If you thought Hugh Hafner was, you know, uh, the bottom of the totem pole, this guy's underneath the dirt. Okay? Larry Flint, of course, the, the publisher of Hustler Magazine. First time in my life I ever retweeted a tweet of his tonight, about two hours ago. And this is what the tweet says. Okay? Here it comes. Larry Flint and Hustler Magazine announce a cash offer of up to $10 million. See how he gets out there? Up to $10 million. Got to, you know, give, him, give himself an out, okay? Up to $10 million. That could be 5 bucks, you know? And, you know, you still wouldn't be able to hold him to task on it, okay? Announce a cash offer of up to $10 million. For information leading to the impeachment and removal from office of Donald J. Trump. Okay? Larry Flint offering $10 million bucks to anybody who can get Donald Trump impeached. Now, if you don't know who Larry Flint is and you don't know his history or what kind of guy he is, just kind of play along here. But the rest of you that know what Larry Flint's all about, you'll understand when I say if Larry Flint is your enemy... Okay, if Larry Flint is your enemy, if Larry Flint doesn't like you, there's a really, really, really good chance you're a you're a good person. You're doing well in the world. Okay, you're having a positive impact on life. Okay, I mean, if you look up sleaze in the dictionary, you will find Larry Flint's picture. 
I mean, if, if, if Hugh Hefner was an exploiter of women, oh my goodness, take that, you know, further down the road three or four miles with Larry Flint. I mean, I know alley cats and barnyard animals that have higher morals than Larry Flint. So if I was Trump, you know, and he's got an ego as big as a house, I don't think he's affected by this stuff at all. But if I had any insecurities in my life, if I had any doubts, you know, that I was, you know, living a purpose, uh, a life with purpose and, and you know, a, a fruitful, productive life, if I found out that Larry Flint was coming after me, that would be probably one of the greatest uh, uh, stamps of approval. And that would make me feel like, you know, I must be doing something right because Larry Flint doesn't like me. Now, if you've listened to this program before, you've heard me say, I like ticking off evil people. I really do. Well, John, that sounds kind of contentious. Listen, Jesus said that his followers are the light of the world, okay? Darkness hates light. If you go to a kitchen, okay, and you've got this problem in the States more than we have in Canada, if you go into a, a kitchen that, you know, is in bad need of, uh, uh, of, of uh, getting rid of, of pest, is in bad need of pest control, if you go in the kitchen, turn on the lights, you see the cockroaches scatter right away. Right away. Why? Because they hate the light. They, they function in the darkness. Why? Because they're dirty little vile creatures. Darkness hates the light. And Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Okay? He also said to us, you're the salt of the earth. You ever, and you've probably heard that term. Well, that guy's kind of salty. What does that mean? Well, it sounds negative. But before the advent of penicillin, okay, for a good 1,900 years after Jesus said it, salt was incredibly valuable, okay? Salt, they used it to purify food, to preserve food. They used it to clean wounds, okay? And when they cleaned wounds and when, it's perver- when they administered it medically, it could sting you. But many times it was salt that saved people's lives, particularly soldiers on the battlefield, I mean, here in Canada, salt can even stop you from falling on your butt on the ice, okay? So when Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, think of what salt does for your food. You don't need a lot of it. You just need a little bit, and it just brings the flavor right out. I don't get steak very often, but I'm one of these guys that, you know, if I get a good steak, just just not a lot, just a little bit of salt on there. Oh, my goodness. And that's what Jesus says we are. And he even said, he added a rebuke when he was talking about you're the salty earth. He said, if salt loses its saltiness, it's not even good for, you know, pavement on roads. It's not even worth trampling on. So if I'm a follower of Christ, it stands to reason, according to Christ, there's going to be times when we, you know, we, we, we preserve our, our culture. We're the ones that are stopping all of hell breaking loose. In fact, the Bible's pretty exclusive about that. Uh, explicit about that. It says in the last days that the spirit of Antichrist, this is in 2 Thessalonians, it says that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work, and it says that the one that holds it back, it will, you know, the spirit of Antichrist will continue to thrive, it will continue to wreak havoc, it will continue to promote evil until the one that holds it back is taken out of the way. I'll quote it to you right here, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 5. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. 
And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. What's holding back evil? Just about every honest theologian and every commentator that has ever written about that scripture that I just quoted to you for the last 2,000 years has most of them, a good, I can't, you know, I'm pulling figures out of my head, but in, in all my experience, probably about 80 to 95% of them say that the thing that's holding back evil is the church, the salt of the earth. Jesus called us to salt of the earth. We preserve, we, we purify, we're holding back evil. And when we're taken out of the way, well, that's when, that's when it's going to have full reign. So it stands to reason that, you know, when, when evil people, and Jesus said, Jesus said, all men will hate you because of me. They killed the prophets, you know, and they're going to torture me to death. And if you're following me, they're going to come after you too. I wonder, you know, if you use the qualifications that Christ laid out for what an authentic follower of Christ, what an authentic leader is in the Christian movement, most of us pastors and religious leaders and Christian leaders, we'd probably either be dead or in jail. According to Christ, maybe we were not provocative enough. Maybe we're not loud and pushy enough at denouncing evil. I mean, it's a popular thing to do with Harvey Weinstein right now, but that doesn't take any courage when even people who have been promoting debauchery and immorality and the murder of innocents, you know, they've been, they've been promoting that for decades, even when they're denouncing him. It takes no courage whatsoever to denounce evil. 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343 Speaking of Trump, I came across an article that some of you are going to get ticked off about. And uh, I have to, you know, whenever, it's very politically incorrect to say you admire Donald Trump. Okay? And I don't admire Donald Trump. I'm not a Trump fan. But I'll tell you something. I listen and I watch the people that hate his guts and are trying to bring him down. And all these, you know, the endless tirade of, uh, like, every late-night comedian. I mean, these guys are like sausages. They are so predictable, okay? I mean, is there no is there no maverick? Is there no creative mind in the entertainment industry that will actually take a stand and not, not follow the rest of, you know, the whole entertainment industry like a bunch of lemmings going off the cliff, you know? I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, the entire cast of, uh, uh, cast of Saturday Night Live, Conan O'Brien, Stephen Colbert, all of them. They hate Trump with a passion. And I know the type of values and the type of lifestyles that these bozos have been advocating for decades. And while I'm no Trump fan, I am delighted that he's ticking off these, in my opinion, evil-promoting people. Okay? I'm enjoying it. I really am, okay? Especially the lying, thieving politicians. I mean, oh, my goodness. And there's no shortage of them on both sides of the party. And please do not interpret my words as thinking that Donald Trump is a saint. I don't think he's a saint at all. But it's not the first time. If you read the Bible, it's not the first time God has chosen a wicked man, a very arrogant man, to do his will. There's a guy by the name of George Barna, and I've known of George Barna. I, I mean, I've got books of his that he wrote 25, 30 years ago. 
He used to be the head of Barna Research. He worked for Gallup, I believe, before he started his own polling company. And George Barna is one of the most insightful uh, uh, um, um, commentators when it comes to trends in culture. And he is also a, a, a very fervent follower of Jesus Christ as well, but tremendously objective. Okay, you, you rarely see him wading into the political arena, but he comes from a perspective that's based on, uh, on polling data. And he has just come out with an article. And uh, this may rattle a few of you, and I know I'm going to get, you know, people are going to think I'm endorsing this. I'm just reporting here, okay? George Barna explains how Christians altered America's future by supporting Trump last November. And there's a lot of Christians that don't want to admit it, but, I mean, he was elected. The, the evangelical right, to a great degree... Yes, you can accuse them of being hypocritical. Yes, you can say, how could they vote for a guy that's immoral and as greedy and as arrogant as Donald Trump? And that's a valid criticism. I get that, okay? But, but, and I think Barna explains it so well here, okay? He explains it as good as anybody. Let me give you a little bit of the article here, okay? So you know what he means. A veteran researcher has detailed how on November the 8th, 2016, Christian conservatives altered the course of American history by voting overwhelmingly for and delivering victory to Donald Trump to be the 45th president of the United States. And though the mainstream press derides or ignores them, he says such Christians will retain their influence if and only if they stay alert and engaged. Okay? To the chagrin of secular progressives, particularly in the mass media, George Barna believes, now listen to this term here because I'm going to refer to it again, that spiritually active government-engaged conservatives, okay? He uses the acronym SAGE. Spiritually active government-engaged conservatives. That's not just the evangelical right. That's a much more narrow focus. It's a much more select group of people. But he calls them spiritually active government-engaged conservatives, okay? They continue to leave an indelible mark on American political life. His latest book... The Day Christians Changed America, How Christian Conservatives Put Trump in the White House and Redirected America's Future, okay, showcases the impact both both they and, more broadly, Christians had in the last election. Now, the mainstream media it doesn't talk about it much. They think the whole, you know, evangelical right and everything is something that's had their day. Well, they were the guy that put Trump in. Well, how could they do that? Because in Canada, oh my goodness, Canada is more anti-Trump than, than any part of America is. Okay? How could you call yourself a Christian and support Trump? Well, listen to this. This is coming from a guy that, that you know, has been studying these trends and is as one of the most objective commentators on this that, that I've known of for you know, over 30 years. A candidate's character has been the key element for conservative Christians, Barna added. But 2016 posed a particular problem because when they assessed both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, their response was, no way. So evangelical Christians in, in, in the states, okay, they looked at both the candidates and said, you've got to be kidding. And you know so many people were saying that, okay, particularly on the conservative side. The relationship between conservative evangelical Christians and Donald Trump has been a mysterious subject that has confounded many and angered others. What is often forgotten, however, is that Trump was the least favored candidate amongst devout church-going evangelical Christians during the Republican primaries. 
Evangelical Christians wanted Ted Cruz. They wanted. Uh, they even wanted uh, uh, Rubio in, in in Florida. I mean, they did not want Trump. He was at the bottom of their list. Okay, they formed the backbone of opposition to him at the time, preferring other candidates. But their influence was diluted due to how they split their votes. Most conservative Christians who pulled the Republican lever in the general election were not voting for Donald Trump so much as they were voting against Hillary Clinton and voting for specific issues like originalist Supreme Court justices, legislation protecting the unborn, and for protection against rising threats to religious freedoms. And Barn explains this all in his book, and that's very, very true. I mean, I talk to all kinds of evangelical Christians in the States, okay? A lot of friends down there, and they hold their nose with Trump. But they know that they would those issues that they feel very important about, the threats to their freedom of worship, okay, and their freedom of expression, the continued slaughter of innocent unborn children, a country to the state, uh, to the south of the border, that is governed by a constitution and not the whims of, you know, uh, 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 the latest fad. They were really concerned about that, and they knew they were not going to get anywhere with Hillary Clinton that way. And they looked at Donald Trump, and they thought, oh, brother, do we have to? Okay, I guess we're going to. And that's why they voted for Trump. Barna continues. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be giving this guy as much airtime as I am on, on the show tonight if it wasn't for George Barna. George Barna is a very, very logical, objective uh, uh, commentator. The mainstream media does not know sage cons exist, Okay. Now, let me define sage cons again for those of you just tuning in. That's spiritually active, government-engaged conservatives, okay? The mainstream media does not know sage cons exist, Barna maintains, because the media's polling was put on a track decades ago. So they do do not get polled and are largely ignored. But in this election, Christians push back against the media, particularly As the Christian Post editors noted just weeks before the election, the mass media was dishonestly ignoring these complexities in their coverage and were quick to assign the hypocrite label to Christians who often reluctantly decided to vote for Trump. What we discovered out of some of the studies that we were doing was that a large majority of Americans believed that the media were not telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, Barna said. What they believed, essentially, was that the media were sharing bits and pieces of information that fit their narrative. And what didn't fit their narrative, they would make up. In an election day survey, he discovered that 99% of socially active uh, government-engaged conservatives, spiritually active, though, spiritually active government-engaged conservatives, thought the press had been subjective and unfair in their reporting of the 2016 presidential campaign. 99% of them. During the first months of last year, Barna also observed large swaths of people, both conservatives and some moderates, who were so upset with the fact that they were being consistently lied to that they developed and sought out alternative news sources not filtered through the mainstream media lens. Trump was elected by social media more than anything. People just assumed that ABC, CBS, CNN... And all of their cohorts, Huffington Post, Slate Magazine, they were all lying to them. And they had an agenda. So they sought out other media sources that that weren't as filtered. 
And it seems as though the voting public in the state, you could call them bumpkin Americans or whatever, okay, but they they knew the issues and they were more engaged than probably any other. I mean, it was a very emotional, emotional election. And Barna maintains it was spiritually active, government-engaged conservatives that put Trump into office. Not voting for him, but voting against the alternative. And I've said, I've said ever since the election, man, I mean, America must really have not liked Hillary Clinton to vote in a bozo like Trump. My goodness. And please, don't interpret my harsh words for the man. The guy needs your prayers. Just like Justin Trudeau needs our prayers. Just like Kathleen Wynne needs our prayers. Just like if you're listening in the Capitol Region, Jim Watson needs our prayers. God, give us righteous leaders. God, and it's very, very important, we still have a modicum, we still have a little bit of free speech. I can still get online like this and still talk about God. I can still express my feelings. I mean, if you go on university campuses right across North America now, I mean, they used to be bastions of free speech. They're anything but. It's blatant fascism now. You will toe the party line. You will espouse the values that we espouse. And if you don't, you're not going to get any advancement. You're probably going to flunk your courses. And there's not going to be a place for you to work. A clear example of that is the Ontario Bar Association here in Ontario. Okay? That will not even let graduates from Trinity Western University's law school, Trinity Western having uh, uh, continually in the top five of university polling that McLean's does every year. Trinity Western is a top five for highest academic standards of any university in, in, uh, in Canada. I mean, brilliant, brilliant professors there. They crank out terrific students, okay? And the Ontario Bar Association has said that because those kids make a pledge that they will live a, a moral Christian lifestyle, according to the Bible, okay, They sign that pledge, and it's a private university. It's not government-funded. But because they make a a commitment to moral purity while they are engaging in studies at Trinity Western University, the Ontario Bar Association does not want any of them. They will not grant any legal status to any graduate of Trinity. That is blatant fascism. That is blatant blatant bigotry and and, and racism, right? It's not racism. It's bigotry. It's prejudice. And it's, it's Christophobic, okay? If that was any other any other group expressing their religious faith, okay, uh, the mainstream media would be all over them. But mainstream media and academia has no place for freedom of speech if it disagrees with their agenda. Freedom of speech is supposed to be, you know, you supporting people to that, that say things that you disagree with. That's real freedom of speech. We do not have freedom of speech in Canada. We do not, and it's less and less in the states as well. And they saw, the Americans saw Hillary Clinton as an even greater threat to freedoms. So they thought, man, we got nobody else. We got to vote for this guy, okay? Because maybe, just maybe, there'll be a little bit of pushback. I, I, I just, it just drives me nuts when I, hear the, when I hear people who I know hate everything about biblical morality talk about tolerance, talk about freedom of speech, talk about rights. Oh, sit down and shut up. The only rights they're interested in are for people that agree with what they agree with. And if you disagree with them, you're not even going to get a say. You're going to be ostracized. You're going to be criticized. You're going to be persecuted. And there are many of them that openly write about rounding us, openly write about rounding us all up and putting us in concentration camps so they don't have to be bothered with us anymore. That's how blatant their hatred is for people that adhere to uh, a biblical morality. 
Jesus said we're the light of the world. If we're gone, lights are going out. It's going to get really dark. We're the salt of the earth. We bring flavor to the bland. We stop a culture from slipping on the ice and busting their heads. We purify. We preserve. And sometimes in the act of purification, there's some stinging that goes on there. But that same stinging can save somebody's life. Not only this life, but your eternal life. 343-700-4390 in the capital region. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. Make sure it's airworthy. And you can tweet at me at JW Council. Are you ready for a great tune? I, I, I got a great tune for you. Yeah. I don't want you getting discouraged over how evil the world is, okay? And it's getting more eviler and eviler all the time. I just made up a new word. You can use that tomorrow. Okay? I looked at the back of the book. The Bible says we win, okay? Yeah, we win. It's not a righteous holy war. We're not supposed to take up arms. That's nonsense, okay? Jesus said you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. But there's coming a day when he's going to come and judge. The next time you see him, he won't be, you know, you're this popular image that Hollywood likes to promote of this kind of like hippie guy walking around in sandals with some gruff, you know, followers. And they're all staring at the sky through the, you know, the, the countryside of Galilee. Uh-uh, uh-uh. If you read the book of Revelation of what Jesus looks like when he returns, <laughs> you don't want to mess with him. Uh-uh, okay? So we're on the winning side. So in the meantime, this is, this is kind of like a, a sermon and a song, and you're going to like it. It's not, it's not going to feel like preaching. But I know you're gonna love it. This is this is Reverend James Cleveland. Why don't you go on? Why don't you go on Google and look up Reverend James Cleveland and find out about this guy while he's he's telling us to hold on here.
YouTube or wherever you know your iTunes and you look up his music he's got a lot of good stuff you like that kind of stuff there's a lot of it available how can you I, I've never met anybody that doesn't like a, a, a great you know black gospel choir and you can't you, I, you could be into country you could be into jazz you could be into classical music Rock and roll, heavy metal, punk, pop music, disco. No matter what your taste is, I've never met anybody that if you put on a good black 
gospel choir, people will go, whoa, oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, James Cleveland and his choir, they, they've always been on the top of the list. Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, really good, too. When I was in Windsor, and I've spoken to them before because it's such a fond memory. Uh, when I pastored in Windsor, um, uh, Ontario Church of God in Christ, that was kind of like, it was like the black Pentecostal church in, um, on, uh, in Windsor. And we were very close to them. We would do joint you know, activities together. And, uh, and we were right downtown Windsor. And uh, at least once a year, uh, Ontario Church of God in Christ had a youth choir called the Voices of New Life. And we would give them a Sunday night service. Uh, back then, our Sunday night services were like almost as big as our Sunday morning services. That, and that was a church that you know ran about a thousand on Sunday morning. And they'd come in and they would just rock the joint. Okay. And I remember one night when they came in, and there was something wrong with the mics. Okay. Now I think they got the mics working, but when they came in, they would kind of warm up. I think the service would start about seven. They'd get there like six, and they'd be. You know, kind of going through their do re me do re mi fa so la ti do's. You know, um, um, around uh, six thirty, six forty-five, and I remember, um, the organ pl- player. The guy's name was Mark. Okay, and Mark is a good guy. I love Mark, and uh, his father-in-law was one of my best friends. In fact, his father-in-law uh, went to Israel with me the first time when I was nineteen years old. He was my roommate at uh, Chuck Payne. His son Doug lives here in Ottawa and uh, attends one of our churches here. And uh, Mark, um, uh, and I was kind of stressed out because I was involved somehow in the setup when they came in. And uh, uh, Mark, we may not uh, have microphones tonight. And he looked at me with, you know, a big smile. He says, and the place sat, you know, 1,500, okay, 1,300. It was a big room, okay. And he looked at me and he smiled and said, we don't need no microphones, man. We can fill this place with noise, no problem, man. (laughs) They, they backed it up, man. Oh, they, they blew the roof off the place. Anyway, I'm digressing again. I'm sorry. Uh, welcome back to the program. 343-700-4390 is the Capital Region phone number. That's 343-700-4390. All the, you know, the most serious problems of the world solved by 11 o'clock or you get triple your money back. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766. John, how can you say that? You hardly ever talk politics anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I loathe politics because I know the answer to our, our problems in this culture is not getting the right party elected, okay? And I'm harping on this Harvey Weinstein story because I think it's great that evil is being exposed. And I want it exposed more. And I want it exposed... I mean, now... I mean, I just tweeted. If you follow me on Twitter, I just tweeted just moments ago, okay? So it's politically correct now to speak out against sexual harassment from the industry that has perpetrated it more than any. I've been speaking out against sexual harassment and against immorality... You know, for at least 40 years. And I've been ridiculed and I've gotten in trouble for it. If you think that's going to stop me? Forget it. I mean, the one that I follow got tortured to death for his stand on issues like this. Okay? So I think I'm in pretty good company. But when you got Hollywood, you know, uh, pretentiously preening around as if, oh, they're so indignant at the sexual harassment... That industry promotes it more than any other, all other industries combined on the planet. They've done more to create the problem than anybody. So if I have an opportunity to expose the hypocrisy in hopefully a very biblically Christ-like way, because 
Jesus nailed the hypocrites, boy. He spared, he spared no words on them. His most savage attacks were against people that, you know, paraded around as if they were so righteous and so together. And that's Hollywood's been doing that all, in my entire lifetime. And it's about time they got exposed for what they're really all about. And the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, that is the tip of the iceberg. That is the way that town operates. And if you want to want to add to it or take away from it or get in on this, 343-700-4390 in the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is long distance. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at Late Night Council. Dot com is the email address. And you can tweet at me. You can tweet at me at JW Council. That's interesting. Somebody responded to my tweet on Twitter when I said it's politically correct now to speak out against sexual harassment from the industry that has perpetrated more than any. You say it like it's a bad thing. Yeah, I do say it like it's a bad thing because they've known this has been going on for decades and they've never said anything. You know why? Because they're a bunch of they're a bunch of cowards. And now when it's politically correct, they pretend like they care. Give me a break. 95% of Hollywood has sold its soul for money in their career, and they have compromised and laid down any, any modicum or of, of, of morality long ago. So all this, you know, feigning, oh, we're just throwing digging. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, be quiet. Sit down. I don't, be- I don't believe their righteous indignation at all. Remember, this is coming from an industry that makes its living pretending to be people that they're not. Okay? This is an industry, okay, that is built on phoniness. This is an industry, their, their, their whole reason for existence, their whole, their whole professional method is fooling people into believing something that isn't there, that isn't real. I preached on believable lies this morning, okay? And I quoted John 8 and 44 where Jesus says that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. And if, if there was ever an industry that's built on lies, it's Hollywood. It's the entertainment industry. They live in the land of make-believe. They create these worlds that aren't real. And the entire world eats it up. And one thing about the devil, all he, I mean, the guy's the best liar in creation. Nobody touches him. All his lies are believable. All his lies make sense. All of them. And you don't even know they're lies unless you hear, unless you hear the truth from the word of God. I mean, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he used the Bible to try and tempt Christ. Doesn't the word say that if you, if you, you know, if you uh, uh, cast your foot against a stone, that you know the angels of God will will have charge over you? So throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple, you know. But Jesus knew the entire word of God, so he would come back with a, a much more authoritative and knowledgeable grasp of God's word when he said, "Yeah, the Bible also says, don't tempt the Lord your God." You're hungry. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into, into bread and eat. He said, and then he comes back and says, yeah, but the Bible also says that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The only way you can know the truth is if you know the source of truth. And nowadays, it's about the only reliable source that's out there. 
I'm kind of glad that news is fake. I'm kind of glad that that thing is being exposed for what it is. I read the Bible, and I read, you know, like uh, three, four newspapers a day, but I read the Bible probably five to ten times more than all of the other reading I do combined. Why? Because it's the only thing I can trust. It's the only thing that's got a track record of, you know, a transformation in an individual's life, in a city's life, a neighborhood's life, a school's life, a workplace life, when people embrace what, what the Bible is really all about. And when they don't use it for their own political gain, I mean, that's pretty hard to do that now because everybody can read it for themselves. The darkest marks in church history was when people took the Bible and they convinced people and manipulated people to do things that couldn't read the Bible for themselves and couldn't hold these people accountable. Nowadays, everybody can read it. and There's a wonderful accountability there. And if you can ever tap into, and, and if you ever tap into the, the truth where Jesus says the thief, and he's speaking of the devil, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's the father of lies, okay? The father of pretension. The father of, you know, uh, manipulation. In fact, Ephesians 2 and 2 calls the devil the prince of the powers of the air. Do you understand the truth behind that? What that means? What do you mean prince of powers of the air? Does that mean he rules over the airwaves? Well, you know, maybe you want to add that to it. But think about it. We hear through air. We see through air. We smell through air. We perceive through air. So if he's prince of the powers of the air, he is the grand warper of perceptions. He is a master of blowing things out of proportion. He is a master of deception. Okay? And Hollywood traffics in that. That's right in their wheelhouse. That's in their kitchen. And I wouldn't know that if it wasn't for what the Bible teaches. 343-700-4393. 343-700-4390 in Ottawa. 343-700-4390. Barack Obama, I didn't know this, but last August, Barack Obama tweeted out the most liked tweet in history. Four, it got 4.6 million likes. Okay. Now, he's big on Twitter. He's in the top 10 for followers on Twitter. I think uh, Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, and a bunch of other, you know, uh, celebrities, they're up in the, like, 150, 200 million followers. But their tweets don't get liked that much. 4.6 million is the record for most likes for a tweet. Okay? Now, the tweet, I'm going to tell you what the tweet, I'm going to give you what the tweet was. There's a theologian that I've known for uh, known of for years. I got a couple of his books. His name is John Piper. I believe he pastored a church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or in, uh, somewhere in Minnesota for about the last 25, 20, 30 years. And it's one of these big, huge churches. And uh, John Piper, very serious guy, you know. In fact, some people would accuse him as not having much of a, of a sense of humor. But he's, a, he's quite the biblical scholar. He's got a pretty honest uh, 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 and, and objective uh, uh, scr- uh, grasp of Scripture. He's not in for you know the the, the the fluff stuff, okay? And I'm looking at an article here that's titled John Piper. This only came out two days ago. John Piper suggests because the tweet that Barack Obama got 4.6 million likes likes for for was a quote from Nelson Mandela, okay? Now remember Nelson Mandela. Oh my goodness, you know. One of the most popular politically correct voices of our culture. And, of course, mainstream media, they just adore Barack Obama. Well, let me give you a little bit of the article here that reports this, because this is not what it seems to be here. 
I mean, it, it was Jesus that said, beware when all men speak well of you. Jesus said that. That doesn't mean you go around ticking people off because you want to be obnoxious. But if you adhere to the truth, if you follow Christ, there are enough forces that, lo- uh, that are loosed within the world that y- you're not going to get off that easy. Christian author and theologian John Piper has suggested that a famous quote by Nelson Mandela regarding racism, which when posted by former U.S. President Barack Obama became the most popular tweet of all time, might not hold up to the teaching of Scripture. Piper said in an article posted on Desiring God on Friday, that's two days ago, that he has several thoughts about Mandela's quote, which Obama tweeted in August in response to a white nationalist rally held in Charlottesville, Virginia, where one woman was killed, you remember this in the news, after a driver plowed his car into a crowd. The former president's tweet reportedly garnered over 4.6 million likes. Mandela's quote comes from his 1994 autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom. Very popular book, bestseller, okay. Where he wrote, and here's the quote, No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Piper broke down the quote and said it's tricky when it comes to how it holds up with the Bible. The theologian pointed out that the Bible teaches that humans have a nature that is rebellious against God and are unwilling and unable to submit to God's law to please God. He said that humankind's fallen nature and sinfulness that is resistant to God is largely shaped by parents and culture. One form this sinfulness can take is hatred towards people who are different from us. This attitude can become bigoted and angry, wanting to create as much separation as we can. But another form our selfishness can take is a way of relating that wins the praise of others by doing helpful things for others, even others who are different from us. There are many, listen here, there are many vain, selfish, anti-God people who have learned to treat others with decency and respect. Because there are very significant advantages to living that way, especially if there's a group of people that you care about, a group of people who praise that behavior very highly and thus build up your ego while you treat people that way, he added. When it comes to the part of the quote that people can be taught to love, Piper argued that the Bible has a different way of explaining love. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So the love that the Bible cares about is not merely giving our goods to the poor or being willing to sacrifice our bodies. Love, as 2 Corinthians 8.1.2 describes, starts with being overwhelmed by being loved by God and being overwhelmed by the grace of God. To us in our guilt and our lack of deserving, Piper said. Now, that's pretty deep theological stuff there. That's not little kid Sunday school stuff there. And it would, it, it, when I read that, it, it, I immediately thought, you know, just because something is so oh so popular, that doesn't make it right. You've heard me use that line, democracy counts heads, but it doesn't take into account what's in those heads. I mean, 
with this whole Harvey Weinstein thing, it's a very, very popular thing now in Hollywood to be denouncing sexual harassment. And hopefully we've been exposed to the hypocrisy of that. Well, you shouldn't be exposed. Of course it should be exposed. But the people that are exposing it now, I mean, they've known for decades this is going on. Where was the moral courage before? But now it's popular. Now this thing's out there. Let's just beat up Harvey Weinstein and vilify him because he's just so terrible. I mean, some of his closest and dearest friends are the people saying, oh, this is just horrible. Just because something is popular doesn't, doesn't make it right. Democracy counts heads. doesn't count what's in those heads. That's why it's so dangerous to base your values on majority opinion. Two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for lunch? Yeah, that's the weakness of democracy right there. Okay? Or how about a village filled with child molesters voting on what the age of sexual consent could be? Yeah, you can you could see how democracy isn't always cracked up what is what it's cracked up to be. That's why moral absolutes are a necessity. That's why it's crucial that a culture that it's going to pr- that's going to protect innocent people, a culture that's going to be the most fair, a culture that is going to uh, excel and be productive, not just in a financial way, but in a moral way, with healthy families, a culture that's safe to bring up kids. That's why a culture has got to be has got to have moral absolutes. There's got to be some things that, you know, these truths we hold to be sacred. They're a necessity. But our culture is so easily convinced otherwise, isn't it? I mean, the notions that we hear now and, and what is popular concerning what a family is, what marriage is, what gender is, what rights are, we have a mass abandoning of moral absolutes. And we're a culture that's embracing untried, unproven morality. And it's being forced on us. I mean, our kids are being force-fed this in the school system. And if you try to criticize, you try to say, hey, just a second here. Nobody's tested the long-term impact of teaching kids that there are 21 genders instead of just two. Biology and all of science says there are two, Okay. But even me saying that, I'm going to be, you know, labeled as being hateful, even though I've got science backing me. It's, it's insane. And they're teaching our kids this. And the people that are teaching, oh, they're just so sincere, aren't they? They're so earnest. Listen, you could be since you could be earnest, you could be sincerely wrong. How do you know that? Because we have a moral framework where we understand the difference between right and wrong. It's not based on the whims of majority. It's not based on the latest fad of what we're going to believe. It's based on the foundations of civilization. I mean, you look at Hollywood. Nobody can. Hey, nobody can fake sincerity and earnestness like Hollywood can because they're professionals. They've gone to acting school and they've trained themselves to be deceptive and make you think that there's something that they're not. That's what their that's what their livelihood is based on. They're good. So you can see why so many people fall for that stuff. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 
Ephesians 5 and 11. 343-700-4390 if you want to get in, in on this tonight. That's 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines, jc at latenightcouncil.com. You can tweet at me at jwcouncil. I've got a great tune here. I love Keith Green. I've told you about the documentary. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, it's only going to take you an hour. you got to watch this. It's called Your Love Broke Through the Keith Green Story. Okay? Powerful, powerful video on YouTube. Your Love Broke Through the Keith Green Story. Okay? And he wrote a tune. Well, it would have been in 81, 79, 80, around there. And it's it's about a guy... It's about a guy that he's sharing the love of Christ with. He's been working with this guy, and, and uh, you know, th this guy's been asking him questions. And, uh, you know, he, he was just sharing with him and, and telling him about his faith in Christ. And the guy responded with, you can keep all that junk to yourself. Keith Green wrote a, t wrote a tune with the same title. You can keep all that junk to yourself. Listen to the lyrics.
in the body of Christ when Keith Green went down in a plane crash in 1983. Man, you got to watch that documentary. Your love broke through the Keith Green story. And his catalog of tunes is readily available on iTunes, and you can see him performing a lot of his tunes live. There's some old footage of him playing uh, what they used to call Jesus festivals out in the West Coast, particularly in California. And it kind of looked like Christian Woodstock things, you know, all these, all these hippies all over the place with their hair. And, and there's Keith up there just wailing on the piano. I mean, he would be introduced, and, you know, people would go wild, and they all cheer, and he'd rebuke them. He'd rebuke them. He'd say, how dare you go and you put me on a pedestal when we're supposed to be worshiping Jesus? You know, only Jesus deserves the kind of praise that you guys are throwing at me right now. Pretty good, eh? Oh, man. (laughs) He ticked off so many people in the so-called Christian music industry because he, he, he insisted on giving his albums away for free or whatever you could afford. I couldn't stand that because, I mean, hey, even 30 years ago, like 40 years ago, there was... You know, the, the so-called Christian music industry, I mean, it, was, it, it existed, you know, for profit. Oh, they would tell you it was a ministry and everything. But, you know, if your, money, if your albums weren't making money, forget it. You weren't going to get signed. It's all about making bucks. 343-743-90. That's 343-743-90. 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC, a late night council. JW Council on the Twitter exchange. I watched my Detroit Lions almost come back and beat the New Orleans Saints today. I think the score was 52 to 33. The Lions were down 45 to 10 in the second half, and those those beggars almost came all the way back, but they ended up losing. I'm a bit of an NFL fan. So when I come across stories like this, I, ha- I have to share them with you because mainstream media is not going to let you know what happened on this. And, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw I, I put out the link to this full story, and you need to see it. I, it's just it, it's so sad that, that most of the news that people watch is serving somebody's agenda, okay? They want to promote a morality. They want to promote something that is going to, you know, they think is going to better their outlook, their warped, usually, outlook on life. And uh, this was nowhere to be found on any secular sports media or anything. You have to go looking for this kind of stuff. Headline, NFL team uses hotel pool for baptism prior to Eagles and Panthers game. Did you hear that? All the media has told you about for the last three weeks about the NFL – is how, you know, oh, it's so divided and people are taking a knee protesting racism and, you know, Trump is this and Trump is that. 
Well, ratings for NFL games are, are in the tank. They're going lower all the time because uh, the NFL has alienated so many people who the don't, they don't want to get involved in the whole racism thing. Look, and I'm watching a football game. How dare you bring politics into this, okay? And, you, could, you know, you can eloquently come on this program and debate either side. I'm not talking about the political thing. I'm talking about a story here that doesn't fit the narrative of political correctness and the and the, and the you know the the gross manipulation of people who choose to let themselves be manipulated. I mean, the Bible says that they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Okay, you don't even know this happened. This this story came out yesterday. Okay, listen to this. Okay, the Philadelphia Eagles are receiving praise. I don't know who from because nobody knows about this. The Philadelphia Eagles are receiving praise for showcasing their strong faith prior to their game against the Carolina Panthers Thursday night after the NFL team rallied around and celebrated a teammate, listen to this, who was baptized in the hotel pool this week. Wide receiver Marcus Johnson posted a photo, and it's on the link that on, if you go to the Late Night Council Facebook page or my account on Twitter, you'll see the picture. I've got the link there. Wide receiver Marcus Johnson posted a photo of his baptism Thursday while in a hotel pool surrounded by his teammates. First time being baptized. Corporate worship is a beautiful thing, Johnson wrote in a tweet that that the accompanying, accompanying the photo above. Cleansed and reborn in Jesus' name. That's what he tweeted out. According to CBS News, and I don't know where, I don't know, I didn't see this on CBS News. Maybe they were the ones that originally got it and they put it on their website so not many people could see it. But according to CBS News, those present to witness the joyous event were quarterback Carson Wentz, backup quarterback Nick Foles. I know all these guys because I'm in a you know, football fantasy league. Tight end Zach Ertz, tight end Trey Burton, offensive guard Stefan Wisniewski, and linebacker Jordan Hicks. From the photo, the men appear to be praying as they stand around the pool. And they're all joining hands, okay? The guy's being baptized, and all these players, and they're in their league, you know, their Eagles, uh, you know, jackets, and they're holding hands, praying while the guy's being baptized. The Eagles are known to openly display their Christian faith. An article published by ESPN last December revealed that the players find common ground through spiritual devotion. Notice the terminology. Oh, they find common ground through spiritual devotion. Yeah, we wouldn't want we want to let people know because it's politically correct to tell people that yeah they're spiritually devoted. We wouldn't want to get to the truth and say these guys are devoted to Jesus Christ. It's not just spiritual devotion because spiritual devotion can have you meditating on your navel and you turning into an irrelevant airhead. These guys are passionate followers of Jesus Christ. That's the truth of the story. Not like, you know, media would, would water it down. They wouldn't want anybody thinking that, you know, that there's professional millionaires who are incredibly successful, and they'd be the first to tell you that the reason I can do my job is because of the inspiration of Jesus Christ. Oh, no, that's religious. That's preaching. We can't have that. Even if it is doing more, 
to stem crime in the ghettos of our major cities in North America, even if it's doing more to help disaster victims than any other force in the world, even though it's doing more to feed starving people in third world countries, build hospitals, get medical attention to them, even if it's doing all that stuff. Oh, no, you can't talk about Jesus, the most powerful force for good in the world, and they want to water it down to, well, they're spiritually devoted. Hey, you can be spiritually devoted to your budgie. That's how vague vague it is. The Eagles are known to openly display their Christian faith. An article published by ESPN last December revealed revealed that the players find common ground through spiritual devotion. The report maintained that they routinely host Bible studies, baptisms, and other faith-based activities. Well, who would have known that? Trey Burton, who was pegged as the team pastor by ESPN, baptized five of his fellow teammates in the team's recovery pool last October. But this is when Marcus Johnson was in the hotel pool. Can you imagine the guests in the hotel? Big, burly football players going down to the pool, standing around in a circle probably singing a hymn or two, praying over the guy and baptizing him. Man, I would have videoed that and posted that video on YouTube. Noting that just like in Johnson's baptism, 15 team members were present and prayed around them. I love this stuff. I, you know, I, and you, here's the, here's, here, I hope this encourages you. This kind of stuff goes on way more than, than mainstream media wants you to think, okay? Way more. There's a lot of people in North America who are profoundly committed to Jesus Christ, but the, but the persecution and the intolerance and the bigotry and the Christophobia against it keeps a lot of people keeping their mouths shut. Not this preacher boy. Carson Wentz explained why Jesus is his number one priority. He's the star quarterback for the Eagles. This is not, this is not a low-profile player. Carson Wentz is their star quarterback. Carson Wentz explained why Jesus is his number one priority. At the end of the day, just kind of how I live and what I'm about and hopefully can kind of speak through, he said, I never want to be the guy who's beating people over the head with the Bible. That's not what I'm about. That's not really what Christianity is about. Christianity is all about love and showing that love and that kindness and that that grace, Wentz stated. He's right. It's also about taking a stand for righteousness, though, as well. And I refer back to the words of Jesus when Jesus said, If you're ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. He expects us, and and the line you've heard me uh, say it, If you don't take a stand for something, you will fall for anything. And I would suggest that that the greatest thing you could take a stand for is the love of Jesus Christ, the compassion of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the real tolerance. You want to talk about somebody who's tolerant. Oh, my goodness. Christ is the epitome of what real tolerance is about. Because Romans 5.8 says that when we were at our worst, long before we ever you know, got this idea that I want to straighten out my life and I want to follow Christ, long before we ever that idea was ever in our head, Romans 5.8 said while we were at our worst, while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us enough to die for us to be tortured to death that's tolerance that's the real deal 
Well, John, how can you say that when the Bible is filled with so many, you know, things that, you know, that want you to, the things that we're not supposed to do. And oh, quit your whining. The only thing the Bible says that, that, that Jesus doesn't want us doing is things are going to kill us. Things are going to wreck your marriage. Things are going to wreck your, your workplace. He doesn't want you to lie. What's your problem with that? You want to be known as a liar? You want to be known as somebody that, you know, you can't trust? He doesn't want you messing around your spouse. Oh, that is just so prohibitive. Yeah, really? Talk to little kids who have had their hearts ripped out because dad couldn't act like a man and be faithful to mom and had to go out and sow his wild oats. The only thing Christ asks us to give up are the things that either kill us or ruin us or or mess up life for people around us. Not a bad deal. And you know what makes it even better? Not only does he tell us how to live and he's wise about it, he gives us the strength to do it. If it was all just rules and regulations, if there wasn't the empowering of the Holy Spirit, if there wasn't the fact that Christ comes into our life that we would have it and have it to the full, if there wasn't that empowering, I, would, I wouldn't be wasting my time telling you about it right now. I mean, I'm a follower of Christ, and I have difficulty, I have difficulty doing it myself because I know I can't do it in my own strength. Any good that I've ever accomplished, anything that I've ever done that is praiseworthy, it's only because of Christ. But I'll give you this, I did allow him to come in. I did trust him enough to not believe the way, you know, what made sense to me. Because there's a scripture in in Proverbs that says, don't lean on your own understanding. You do not have it together, okay? Do not lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge Christ in everything you do. And he will guide your paths. In fact, in the same book of the book of Proverbs, it says, there's a way that seems right to you, okay? It makes sense. Just like the devil's lies, all of them make sense. All of them are believable. But Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that seems right to people, but it ends in death. It ends in destruction. Why do you think Jesus? And you know, there are cathedrals that are built, that are named after his flunky followers, his disciples, okay? You read the Gospels and find out what these guys were all about. They were... Uh, uh, I don't have a high view of them, okay? The Catholic Church mainly has made these guys out to be superstars. I mean, they, they were morons. They really were. I mean, one city rejects the gospel, and James asked Jesus, can we call fire down from heaven to kill them? I mean, come on. They're arguing amongst themselves. Remember, they've spent two or three years with the most humble, compassionate, forgiving, loving man to ever walk the face of the earth, and they're arguing amongst themselves over who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God. Matthew. Bartholomew. John. Peter. Andrew. St. Andrew's Cathedral. St. John's. The Cathedral of St. John the Divine. They call him Divine. You know what Jesus called James and John? Jesus called them the sons of thunder. Okay? The sons of thunder. You could imagine. You could imagine what earned them that type of reputation. James was the first martyr. He got got beheaded probably because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. Okay? These guys were obnoxious, man. But these were real followers of Christ, you know? These are the real deal. And he tells them how to live. 
And he knew, he knew that when he rose from the dead, he knew when he rose from the dead, they're going to be all hyped up. They're going to be freaking out. They're going to be thinking, oh, wow, he really is who he says he is. Man, let's go out and tell the world. And he said to them, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, you don't go anywhere until you receive my Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're going, to be, you're going to be empowered so that you can be, and the original Greek is martyrs. In English, we say witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses. But that word martyrs, that's where we get the word martyr from. The real meaning of what Christ said, look it, I don't want you going out and following me. I don't even want you to try and be obedient to me until you are filled with this type of power. That is this empowering. And you are going to be so filled with that you will not be afraid to die. And you read the epistles of Peter and John and Paul. Paul was the guy that wrote, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't know what to do. It would be better to be in heaven right now. But I can still do work for God if I'm with you. That's the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And that's what changes people's lives. That's what enables people to actually be Christ-like. I mean, most people don't go to church in North America because they don't feel, oh, I know I'm not good enough. Listen, I could, that's why you go to church, so something can happen. You're never going to get better staying away. Now, granted, there are a lot of dead churches that ought to be closed down, and they're just wasting space. But there are good churches out there, and, and it's worth your effort to find one where you're getting spiritual life, where you're being, you know, something good is going on in your life. They're out there. And wherever you're listening from, you know, I'm pretty well connected. I know just about every city in North America where you need to be going to a good church. I could set you straight. You want to email me? You said you knew a bunch of good churches. This is where I live. Where can I try out one? Happy to help you with that for sure. 343-700-4390. That's 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. We are running out of time, and I'm almost willing, you know, to, I'm almost ready to, you know, launch you into the night with, you know, a tune that will take you there. In fact, I, I'm going to play one. I'm, go- I'm going to end the show with a tune that I wanted to play last week that, that uh, uh, for Thanksgiving, a- and we ran out of time, okay? It's a good tune. Okay, it's a good tune. This is, uh, uh, I believe it's, uh, it's Psalm. It's one of the Psalms. It's done by the Maranatha Singers. And, and what they did is the Maranatha Singers were experts at taking Psalms out of the Bible and setting it to music. And this is called, this is called, It is Good to Give Thanks to the Lord. Well, it's not Thanksgiving. Yeah, but the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. The Bible says give thanks in all circumstances, for this is, this is God's will for you. Well, I'm not that type of person. Well, then you need to change. You need to get in on this because it's pretty good stuff. And God can help you with that. Have a good night. Thanks for sharing it with me.